Well, good morning. Wow, this is a big crowd. This might be bigger than last time. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Joseph, Joseph Henson, and uh, this is my beautiful wife, Mary, right here on the, the front-ish row, and son, Peter, and Abigail. And um, uh, it's my privilege for, to, to get to have this opportunity to, to speak to you this morning. Uh, thank you, Pastor Brody, again for the opportunity and your trust. I don't take that lightly. Um, uh, we're going to talk this morning about God's Word. We're going to talk about the Bible. Uh, if you remember, if you were here last week, last week um, it was kind of heavy in a sense. Uh, we talked about um, the sim- just the simplicity, but yet the profound truth that God has spoken to us in Scripture, and He's given us His Word. Uh, I felt woefully inadequate at that moment, and um, I feel woefully inadequate in this very moment. So why don't we uh, take a second and pray and ask for the Lord's help, and um, we need Him to speak to us today in all of our circumstances. Our Father, we are so grateful to You. We come to You uh, as humbly as we possibly can. Lord, life is so big. There's so many things that happen uh, that we are out of, they're just not in our control. Uh, And we daily face the fallenness of this world. We face our own fallenness. We know our own inadequacies. We know how short we fall. Lord, in our heart of hearts, we know how short we fall of your righteous, holy glory and standard. Uh, We could never be good enough, Lord, and woe to us if we ever try to be good enough to please you. Lord, thank you for sending your son Jesus, who has already done that for us. He has pleased you in every single thing, in every word, in every deed, in every thought. His His are all perfect and holy. And so we just run to Him. We cling to to that truth this morning. We pray, Lord, that You would help us. Lord, we want to know You more. We want to live a life that pleases You. Because You've called us to that. And You've given us the privilege and the opportunity to know You. And so we ask, Lord, that You would speak to us this morning through Your Word. I pray that You would help me, Lord, to communicate clearly uh, these truths. And the things that are not true, I pray that they would just, they would just disappear. Um, I pray that every word would be helpful and encouraging and that you would just uh, uh, put wind in our sails as we uh, seek to know you more. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we, we were, last week, just in quick review, we, uh, we saw that Scripture is God's word in written form. You know, this thing up here, I have this habit, talking about habits, I have a habit of sort of leaning here. And every time I lean, this thing sort of, I'm going to get seasick if I, if I, if I, all right, I'm going to try to just stay back from that. Maybe I'll lean here or something. That's a good, yeah, that's not going anywhere. We saw that God's word to us, uh, the scripture is God's word in written form, what Paul called the sacred writings. Oh, and by the way, I have a little handout for you. Uh, once again, I used the basic uh, technique of 
Fill in the blanks. So if you're inclined to fill in the blanks and take notes, you can. there's some handouts. Uh, if you didn't get any, I'm sure there's some more back on the table. I'll, I'll back. But Paul, Paul called these the sacred writings. They're breathed out by God. And they have their origin, their origin in the heart and mind of God. God spoke His words. God wrote His words. The prophets and the apostles spoke and wrote God's words as they were carried along by the Spirit. And God has preserved His words for us in Scripture. And so this week, uh, I want to explore some ideas that will help us get into Scripture more and get more Scripture into us. Uh, The psalmist in Psalm 119, verse 11 said this, I have stored up your, your word in my heart. I have stored up your word in my heart. Um, you know, sometimes you've, you've probably ridden around Lynchburg. I never saw this too much in Fairfax, but uh, we, I see it quite a bit in Lynchburg. I'll be riding around, you'll see a car, and this car is like packed with junk. You ever seen that? You ever seen like somebody's car just packed with stuff? And they look, I think they're in the category of hoarder. They, they hoard things. Um, I, I don't know why people do that. I think it might be, you know, I'm not sure why they do that. Uh, but in a sense, that's what we want to do with God's Word. We want to hoard it up. We want to, we want to store it up and carry it with us everywhere we go. Now, I, when I was uh, a young believer, I was in the King James Version. And so I, I think I remember the word being treasure. If, if anybody here has, uh, is that right? Uh, in Psalm 119, verse 11, says, I have treasured your word, treasured up your word in my heart. So, your word, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's right. That's it. Um, well, whatever version you have, it says basically the same thing. We, I want to store up your word in my heart. Um, so that's what we want to talk about this morning, how we can uh, store up God's word in my heart. Now, I want to give you a few important points as we begin. Um, just a few things to be to be thinking about and to, to keep in mind as you, uh, as you read your Bible, as you read your Bible. Um, and listen, I, I, I want to say this one thing also. There's no one that needs uh, this more than me. There's no one can, that can do better at this. I, I feel like, I, man, I, as I've been studying, preparing for this stuff this week, I feel like such a hypocrite. I'm like, man, you know, you never can feel like you do enough. But that's really not what this is about. It's really not about enough. So maybe if that's the category that you have in your mind, well, uh, I, I, don't do, I don't read Scripture enough or I don't memorize enough Scripture. Let's, let's just get, erase, erase that category for a while and not think about quantity of, of, of things. Okay. Um, so a couple things we, I want to point out to you. Number one, we read Scripture in order to know our Lord and Savior. This speaks to motive. Why do we read the Bible? Um, we read it to know Him. We, God wants to know us. Otherwise, He would not have revealed Himself to us in the Bible. He wouldn't have revealed to Himself to us in Scripture. So we, we want to read Scripture in order to know our Lord and Savior, not just to know about Him. Remember I said last week, I mean, the, when Jesus showed up on the scenes, the demons recognized Him. They knew who He was. They know about Him. Satan knows all about Jesus. Um, and James says, you know, the demons believe and they tremble. So sometimes they actually have one up on us. 
but we don't, we don't engage Scripture just to know about Him or to know tons of Bible trivia or to win a Bible B contest or, or to treat the Bible like it's a textbook for how to live. Oh, this, is my, this is my how to live textbook. It, this is not a how to live textbook. Um, this is the, this is, these are the sacred writings that God has revealed himself to us in. He wants us to know him. And that is our primary motive for, for opening this book. Um, number two, we must, be, we must bring a humble and contrite heart to each interaction with Scripture. Uh, I believe I included this last week in some of our readings. Isaiah 66, I believe. Speaking of Bible memory. Isaiah 66, verse 1. Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you will build for me? And what is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made, and so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. So in this first part of of the verse, you see a God who's transcendent. He's telling us, you can't contain me. You can't box me in. I'm transcendent over all. I'm eternal. But on the flip side of the coin, he says, this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and who trembles at my word. So that's the attitude that we should bring uh, to Scripture every time we open the book. We, we have to bring a humble attitude, right? No matter whatever, whatever other things we bring with us. Sometimes we bring sorrow. Sometimes we bring anger. Sometimes we bring frustration. Sometimes we bring doubt. We bring a whole plethora of emotions and, 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 and things with us and baggage with us but the one thing, if we expect God to, to, to speak to us, we have to position ourselves in a, in a, in a, as, a, as humble before Him. Okay? Um, here's number three. We need to... Now, I'm so, I was so guilty of this. There's been periods in my life where I've been so guilty of this. Uh, we must be careful about seeing only what we want to see in the Bible. Have you ever been there in that place? Um, we need to be careful about seeing only what we want to see. We often come to the Bible with, uh, with some sort of moralistic construct or, or a set of beliefs. And, and typically, they, they, they can uh, tend to be about secondary issues. T- Pastor Brody mentioned dancing this morning. He said, I hope you know I'm not offensive. You know, one of my students said well, we, they tried to get uh, their wedding in a certain uh, church in town, and they wanted to have the reception there. And they said they couldn't have the reception because there was no dancing allowed. I'm like, okay, not the best witness ever for uh, the church. Uh, but anyway, it's a secondary issue. It's there, I mean, they have every right in the world to say no dancing, and so whatever. They had to go somewhere else. But we often have these, uh, these uh, ideas in our minds about whatever, you name it, uh, things that are often issues of liberty and wisdom, and some, actually sometimes concerning doctrinal issues such as eternal security, perseverance of the saints, uh, human free will and God's sovereignty, uh, the gifts of the Spirit. I remember when I was a young believer, um, I was not, I did not believe in the, the, the eternal security. of. I believed that you could lose your salvation just as easy as you got into it. Because I, was, I heard the gospel first in a free will Baptist church. 
I'm not a free will Baptist guy. I don't believe that you can lose your salvation. But when I, during that time of my life, I was just a kid, really. I was in high school. And um, I only knew what I was told. I hadn't really thought through it or searched the scriptures. And so I had this knack for just finding those scriptures that made it kind of sound like maybe it was possible to lose your salvation. And that's where I would camp out. And that's where I stake my claim on, on my, what, what I believed in. Um, but honestly, it, uh, I, was, I was just seeing what I wanted to see in the Bible. You know? And it's easy for us to do that. So we need to come to, to the Bible with an honest, uh, an honest attitude. Our presuppositions can limit uh, us to seeing what we want to see rather than what the Bible actually says. Our view, of, our view about a thing can be, actually be more narrow than Scripture presents. And on the other, on the other hand, it could be a, a lot more broad than Scripture actually presents as well. Um, but it's always easier to look at the side that fits our own personal beliefs. Okay? Um, when I was taking classes at Reformed Theological Seminary in, Washington, in, in D.C., uh, one of my professors, I, who has gone to be with the Lord, he often would say this, we don't want to say more than Scripture says, but we also don't want to say less than Scripture says. And that really struck home to me. I was like, you know, I, that's, that sounds right to me. It's true. We don't want to say more than Scripture says, but we, all, we don't want to say less than Scripture says. In other words, what he was saying is, let the Bible speak. Let it say what it has to say. Let God say what he has to say for us in Scripture. And it's not always cut and dry like we would like it to be and you know, tied up with a nice little bow. Let the Bible speak and let our hearts and minds be shaped by Scripture. Uh, not by any particular theological system or moral belief that we've just absorbed over time or by... Uh, some things that we've developed just by our own experiences or that we've just heard and not really carefully thought through it and searched it out uh, ourselves. Okay, so those are three preliminary thoughts. Now here's a brainstorm of some ways that we can and should interact with Scripture um, or what I I might refer to as the Word. In other words, how can we treasure uh, God's Word in our heart? How can we store it up? What are, what are some ways that we can store up God's Word in our hearts? Here's a list. Read these with me. Um, we can read the Word. That's pretty obvious. And we're going to camp out on the first three in a little bit, but I'm just going to go down this list. We can read the Word. And we hear the Word. We meditate on the Word. We can memorize the Word. We can memorize the Word. Here's one. We can give thanks for the Word. We can give thanks for the Word. Just imagine your Christian life without Scripture. Imagine, the, imagine just life in general without the Bible. Now, some people would be perfectly happy with that. They're not here today, um, more than likely. If you are here today and you're, you wish that the Bible didn't exist, let's talk about that. It's okay. I mean, we all... We all at one time come at, we are God's enemies. And that's what the Bible says, we're his enemies. Um, and that's okay. His, his skin is thick enough to deal with our, with our complaints. Um, we give thanks for the word. We submit to the word. We obey the word. We prioritize the word. 
we can share the word. Uh, I love getting a text message from a friend with a verse. Like some, some people, they'll just send me a text message and I'm looking at it and it's just a verse. I'm like, oh man, that's, that's just what I need right there. Thank you. So we can share the word. We can desire the word. We respond to the word. Um, James 1, through 25 talks about being hearers only. And he warns us against just being a hearer or just a reader and not responding properly to the word. Um, we want to live the word. As Christian believers, that's our goal. We want to live the word. We're Christ's representatives in the world. We represent his kingdom. We don't want to mis- misrepresent his kingdom. Um, so we want to live the word in, in a way, that, we, in a way that, that reflects well on how God gives himself and presents himself in Scripture. Uh, give the word. Why would I put give the word on there? One of the, I remember um, many, many years ago, uh, right after I first got in, in the army, uh, having a friend who, this guy was just so lost. I love this guy. I still love him today. He's an amazing person. Um, but he, he's, he's just he's so confident about himself, and he's got life figured out and all these things. And I gave him a Bible. I gave him an NIV study Bible. And I signed it and sort of you know, wrote out a little prayer for him in the front. And um, I don't know who was blessed more by that, him or me. I love I loved this. The, the, I love giving him the Bible. And I've done that over the years. And I'm sure mo- many of you, probably all of you have done that uh, before in your life. But think about that. The Bible is, makes a great gift. It really does. You'd be surprised. We might, you know, most of us in this room, we probably have shelves full of Bibles, right? I mentioned last week, you know, I go in my kid's room and find two or three Bibles on the floor, a few under the bed. There's one, three or four in the bathroom. You know, our, our houses are filled with Bibles. But, you know, some people actually still don't have Bibles. Um, so if God brings someone your way and crosses your path uh, with them, and he puts it on your heart to give them a Bible, by all means, give them, don't give them one of those cheap Bibles. Don't buy those cheap Bibles, those little Bibles you get for $3 or $5. Don't do it. Get them a Bible that feels good. Get them a Bible that you, that you would want to read, right? Um, I said, okay, so give the word. Sing the word. Pray the word. Incorporate God's, you know, have the Bible open. And, and when you're praying, pray the word. Study the word. Study the word. You know, um, I don't know of any other book that can help us learn how to think clearly, more clearly than the Bible. I mean, you get you dive into Romans or Galatians. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's simple enough that any of us could understand. We could get the gist, but man, when you get down in the weeds, wow, there's some heavy stuff there, you know. And it will take your mind. It will stretch your mind. It'll help us and and uh, learn how to think and think logically and not make. Uh, uh, you know, simple logical fallacies that we, as fallen people with fallen minds, are prone to make. Um, pray the word, study the word, and there's plenty more. You can come up with many more. Those are just that was just a brainstorm that I had uh, this week of just how ways that we can interact with the word of God. So now let's think about um, read, hearing, and meditating. Uh, first. Reading the Bible, it's a given. 
If you want to know God, you're going to have to read the Bible, right? You can take a thousand walks in the woods and go down to the most scenic beach and go to the Grand Canyon, and you're only going to know so much about the Bible from, from what we call general revelation. The Bible is what we call special revelation, and it gives us a few more details than like looking at a flower. I can look at a flower and make some conclusions about the Creator, but the Scripture really helps me to, to parse those things out in, in, in words and in clear thoughts. In His words and in His thoughts, He reveals them. So we have to read the Bible. So um, I don't want to just assume that everybody here reads the Bible. If you don't read the Bible on a regular basis... Why not? Why not? Um, you should. If you want to know God, you, you, you can't get around this book. Now, if you want to try to be, if you're, a, if you're a genuine Christian, and I think most of you here are, you're going to want to read the Bible. You're going to want to know Him. Um, but here's this. You know, I hear of people saying, oh, I'm a Christian, but I really never read the Bible. That, that's a yellow light. You know, if you can go uh, through for week upon week and month and month after month after month and then eventually year after year without ever having any uh, appetite for Scripture, then maybe you should examine your heart and, and ask myself and ask yourself, am I really a Christian? It's a good, it's a good question. It's a good, honest question. Um, anyway. So, once, let's establish, okay, reading the Bible is awesome. We need to do it. God calls us to read. Find a Bible that you like. Find a Bible that you like, that you like how it looks and how it feels. Those things are important. Like, you know, um, if, you have, if you have the choice between a, a 1975 Pinto or a 2023, uh, I don't know, a Tesla or something, I mean, I'd be surprised if you would chose the 1975 Pinto, really. Yeah, I mean, that's, your, that's your prerogative. You're welcome to choose it if it's well used and holes are all in the seats. I mean, I wouldn't enjoy getting in that car. I want to have a Bible that I enjoy, like, how it feels. I mean, this one's not much to look at. It's all torn up. But I like how this Bible feels. It feels good. It feels right in my hands. Um, I like the font, at least at this point. This is about as small the font as I can tolerate. My kids, I mean, they get these fonts with like, you know, number four font. And like, even with like double magnifying glasses, I can't even see that. So that Bible is not going to serve me. Um, I like the layout of it. So find a Bible that looks good, feels good. It has a font that you can deal with and that you really enjoy in, in, uh, engaging. And, 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 you know, make it your own. I mean, it's, it's yours. You're going to spend a lot of time with it. You know, it's like, it's like a pair of shoes. If you buy cheap shoes and uncomfortable shoes, you're not going to want to put them on, right? You're going to want to go barefoot. So uh, buy some good shoes. <laughs> it only makes sense. Buy a good Bible that, that you really can, can, can deal with. Okay, um, use a variety of resources. Use a daily plan. There's a hundred daily plans out there. Uh, Use a Bible app, whatever, however you want to access the Bible. Uh, I have all, uh, like a bunch of uh, through the Bible in a year. You know, you can buy the actual Bibles that are, that are arranged with, uh, you know, Old Testament, New Testament, wisdom, and uh, maybe Psalms, uh, you know, in little chunks. So you can, those are really good 
uh, if, you, if, you're, if it's your goal to read through the Bible in a year. Uh, here's the thing. Take your time. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry. Strive for quality over quantity. Read the same section repeatedly. Um, I remember uh, wanting to get into, you know, especially the, like the, the smaller books of the Bible. First, second, third John. All the epistles. The, the epistles are so easy to just read straight through in one sitting. And read them over and over. Like read it three, four, five, six times. Maybe not in one sitting, but like, like read them once, twice, three times a day or a couple times a day or whatever in order to, re- before you start digging down deep in one verse, just get the big picture right first. Get, get the overall flow of what the author of the book is saying. And that will help you understand and maybe keep you on track when you start digging down deeper and looking at individual verses. Um, consistency is key. Consistency is key. I tell my students, look, you're better off practicing uh, five or ten minutes a day, although that's really unacceptable. But at least it's, it's, it's daily. You're better off practicing five or six minutes or ten or fifteen minutes a day, six or seven days a week, than you are you know, an hour one day a week. You know, that kind of goes with the Scriptures as well. Um, consistency. Just be consistent. Be consistent. Don't save it all for Saturday night. You know, uh-oh, tomorrow's time to go to church. Let me read my Bible. Uh, no, I don't do that. Um, Okay, let's move on to hear. So we're, we, we read the Bible, we read Scripture, and we also hear Scripture. Um, I have listed here as, on, my, on my page sermons. I've listened to the thousands of sermons. I've listened, you just name it. I mean, I've listened to all the people that you're familiar with and, uh, and more, and teachings and all these things. It's just something I love it. Um, I still love it to this day. I consume a lot of that. Uh, I will, just, will say this, choose trusted sources and always be discerning. Choose, choose trusted sources and always be discerning when you're listening. Um, you, you come to this church because you trust, the, you trust the, the men who are teaching you and feeding you Scripture. That's good. Um, just carry that into wherever you hear the Bible. Just be, just be careful. Don't always expect to agree with every single thing. More than likely, you're not going to agree with every single thing you hear. And that's okay. It's okay. Um, here's what I really like to do. Listen to the Bible. I use the U version. If I, who's not familiar with U version? Raise your hand, the U version. Okay, so if you... Now, some of you may not use your phone at all, wherever my phone is. Um, I use my phone to listen to the Bible a lot. And I like the U version. But just get any, any audio Bible. Any, it doesn't matter what, what it is. Just get it and, and uh, spend time listening to the Bible. I'll have, I have a habit of, of listening to Scripture um, when I wake up, like when I get up and I eat breakfast. Oftentimes I'm by myself and I'll, I'll listen to the Bible. Um, in my car, I like to listen to Scripture. I mean, listen to the news is always a drag. It's terrible. Like, I know what's going on out there. I mean, it's bad, you know, so I don't need, to, I don't need the details. But I do need the Bible. I do need God's Word. So that's a, um, that's a really great way to hear the Word, is to listen, listen to the Bible. Um, some of my favorite uh, readers are Max McLean. I really like Max McLean. He's very theatrical. There's another guy named Marquis Lawlin, 
who does the dr- dramatic uh, recitations of Scripture, which is really good. He, you can look up Marquis Lawland. He, he's an African-American brother, and he, 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 can, he does these uh, presentations where he recites the entire book of uh, Revelation. I've seen him personally from start to finish recite word for word the entire book of Revelation. Blew my mind, blew my mind, totally blows my mind. And I think he's got Daniel and some, some other books, may, one of the Gospels, maybe John or something like that. Um, but find ways to listen to the Bible, to listen to God's Word. Again, consistency is key. Consistency is key. All right, um, I'm looking at my time here. I want to make sure I get to, to everything. Meditate, 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 meditate. Now, one guy, uh, one dear brother asked me recently, How, what are you talking about meditate? How are you doing to define that? Um, well, uh, when I say meditate, I'm not talking about the process of emptying your mind out so you can align yourself with the ohm of the universe, right? That's not, that's not really biblical meditation. Um, is, biblical meditation is not emptying the mind. It's what? It's filling the mind. Filling the mind with the realities of Scripture and scriptural truth. Uh, Deuteronomy 4.6 speaks well to this. And uh, let me just read that quickly. Deuteronomy 4. No, I'm sorry. Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6.4. Very popular place in the Hebrew Bible. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be what? On your heart. And then here's the next. Okay, so how, 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 Lord, do you want us to do this? You shall teach them diligently to your children. So that's, I know most of you in here have already walked through that season of life. Many of you are still walking through that season of life where you're, you're teaching the scriptures to your children. That's one way that we meditate on scripture. He says, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house. You shall, uh, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. So what are these? These are just the mundane activities of life. We're getting up out of bed. We're hanging out at the house. We're, we're sitting at the bar. We're uh, at, at our house. We're, uh, we're lying down. We're in bed, you know, whatever it is. And we're making Scripture a topic, you know. We're, making, we're just bringing up Scripture. We're bringing Scripture to bear on our, on our situations. I know some of you guys thought it was funny when I said you were, uh, you're hanging out at the bar. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have a bar at our house. Most of you guys have bars at your house. Uh, let's see. Um, you shall bind them as a, a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, I'm not suggesting, and I don't think Scripture means for us to paint verses on the outside of our houses, right? But God is saying, keep my word in view. Keep it in view. Keep it in view. Um, uh, Carry the word around with you throughout the normal activities of life. Okay? Uh, All right. Donald Whitney has a great book called... um, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, I believe it's what it's called. It's kind of dated, but it's, uh, it's still... And one of the things I really loved about what he said about meditation was read big, meditate small. Read big, meditate small. 
So you may be looking at a longer passage of Scripture. Take one piece of that to meditate on. Don't try to meditate on a huge portion of Scripture at one time. I think of it in terms of, uh, like, uh, think of, think, like, when my kids were little, um, we would have ice cream for dessert oftentimes because I like ice We all like, who doesn't like ice cream? We would have ice cream for dessert and we would, you know, get our, get our bowls full of ice cream. And I'm sitting there and I'm just, you know, just enjoying every little bite. And there's this gone. It's like they're human ice cream vacuum cleaners. It's like, you know, I just wonder if they, did you even use a spoon? You know, did they just do that? And I, and I would say, look, guys, I have so much left and you're already finished. I'm going to be, I'm going to enjoy this for a, for a much longer period of time than you did. How? You got to take small bites. Just take small bites and savor, savor the flavor, you know. You, if you get, you know, you got your Coke, you're at the restaurant, you got your Coke or whatever it is, take sips. Take sips. Don't take gulps. Enjoy the flavor. Think small. And that's how we, that's how we, we can, one way that we can meditate on Scripture is just, you know, take sips. Take tiny bites. Um, but keep the Scriptures as a constant a point of reference. And I think that's what uh, part of what Deuteronomy 6, 4 is telling us. Um, here's some other ideas for meditation. Do as much as you can with a partner. And start with the person right beside you. Most of you are in here married. If you're not married, find someone that you can partner up with to, uh, to, 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 to meditate upon Scripture. Uh, some of my favorite times in Largest times, you know, when I grew the most as a musician, uh, I have a friend, Luis Hernandez, in uh, back, home, back, well, back home, uh, back in Fairfax, and he, he and I would get together. All, we'd get together so many times and, and practice together. We play, we, he's another saxophone player. We would practice together. We'd play scales together. We'd do this together and all this together. And, and it was awesome. It was totally awesome. And we would also pray together. We would get together and read the Bible together. And man, I, that was some of my sweetest moments of, of not only fellowship, but just growing in, in God's Word. And we did it together. So find someone that you can do this with. Um, use scripture memory songs. Uh, some of these are dated, but, uh, you know, Integrity Music have a, has a whole series of, of scripture memory songs. I don't know if you use your phone to listen to music or whatever, if you, if you have a, one of those subscription services like you, YouTube Music or, um, or even just YouTube or, or, you know, whatever, however you listen to music, it's, you can access uh, those Integrity um, Scripture Memory s- series. Uh, if you try to order the, the CDs, sometimes the CDs, because they're out of print and they're rare, they're going to cost you a little bit more. I mean, you can get them, but uh, in any case, find some Scripture Memory songs to use. Here's an idea. Keep an open Bible in the room. Keep an open Bible in the room, um, on your desk, in the kitchen, uh, again, on the bar. Um, just keep an open Bible out there. Uh, use note cards and carry one with you throughout the day. Write out the verse that you want to meditate on. Rewrite it or paraphrase your, the verses that you want to meditate on. My wife uses a chalkboard, and she's she very artistic, and so she, you know, she'll write out this verse in like 50 different fonts, and it's so beautiful, and she'll draw on it, and it's like, Wow, that's amazing. It would be Isaiah 40 or some old, you know, one of those really beautiful verses from the Old Testament or the New Testament. 
Um, and we'll just have that sitting around in our house. And so it's, you know, it's, it's in view. We're keeping the Bible in view, keeping God's word in view. Um, because, you know, the old saying, out of sight, out of mind, right? Um, okay, uh, consistency is key. Let's move on to a few benefits of being devoted to Scripture. Once we get, once we store up God's Word in our heart, the Holy Spirit uses what we've stored up. He has access to all this stuff. You remember when Jesus told His disciples, the Holy Spirit is going to remind you of everything I taught you. And He's still doing that. He's still doing that. So when we fill our minds and our hearts with Scripture, and you all have experienced this before, God, you can be in a situation or a moment where, and and it just comes out of nowhere seemingly, and God brings a verse to your mind. Um, He can do it if there's nothing in there, but it sure is helpful. (laughs) You know, God, the more you have in there, in your mind, the more that the, the Holy Spirit can use and access at any given time in your, in, your, in, your, in your daily walk. So your faith is going to be made stronger as you, as you uh, give yourself to Scripture. Uh, you're going to have power to overcome temptation. And Matthew, read Matthew 4 and Luke chapter 4. You know what, what that's about. Jesus is, is uh, succeeding where Israel failed in the wilderness. And it, Satan comes to him over and over and over. And what's his response? Well, I think that, no, it's not, I, it, none of that. What is his response? It is written. It is written. It is written. So if that's how our Lord does warfare with the devil, then pretty good clue that's how we should do our warfare as well. We should follow his example in that way. And we, So when those times of uh, temptation come to us, the Holy Spirit's going to bring that word to our mind, and we can say, it is written. I'm going to do this because it is written. I'm not going to do that because it is written. Um, you're going to discover what pleases God. You're going to gain wisdom. You're going to find comfort in trials. You're going to have abiding joy, etc., etc. So many benefits of being devoted to Scripture. And then here's one final and crucial point. Look for Jesus in all the Bible. Look for Jesus in all the Bible. The Puritan John Owen argued that the principal aim of Scripture was to reveal and display the glory of Christ. So as you read the Bible, I don't care if you're in Genesis all the way to Revelation, look for the glory of Christ. Look for the glory of Christ. Look for the glory of Christ. That's what our primary motivation should be. To, I want to find and see and behold and delight in Christ's glory. His power and His grace and His wisdom, His faithfulness, and, and especially His saving work on our behalf. A good question you can ask is, how does this text point me to Jesus? You know, how does this text point me to Jesus? It might not be obvious at first, but it's a good question. And it's a question we should always ask ourselves. Um, the Bible is progressive. In nature, meaning we have to see it from the vantage point of a New Testament Christian who knows that Jesus has come and has fulfilled all the Old Testament predicted and pointed us to about him. Remember that the apostles preached the gospel from the Old Testament. And Jesus, after he was risen in Luke 24, make a note of that, Luke 24, verses 13 to 25. 
says that in beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. How is that? Because the Bible is about Jesus. If you really want to boil it down, the Bible is about him. You know, we, I think uh, we tend to be moralist by nature, uh, especially in how we read the Old Testament. We're well-meaning, but sometimes we're well-meaning misinterpreters. And we can turn Christianity into a whole list of, uh, of do's and don'ts. We can miss Jesus, especially again in the Old Testament, by turning historical accounts and narratives into moralistic, self-centered stories. You know, you can slay your giants, right? God can part your Red Sea, you know? Um, who's the Delilah in your life? Keep shouting glory and all these walls that keep you from your blessing will fall. See how we, we, tend to, we tend to read the Bible that way. We can. Don't do that. The Bible is about Jesus. It's about his redemptive work. And we're about out of time. Um, let me close by saying this. Even if we could memorize and quote the whole Bible, we could never fulfill its righteous demands as God perfectly requires. Only Jesus did that. He did it for us and He did it in our place. He's the one who empowers us to apply the Word and obey the Word, which He does command us to do, but never in our own power and strength. The Bible is going to constantly confront us with our need for forgiveness and our desperate need for a Savior. So as you look at the Bible, as you read and give yourself to the Bible and hear and meditate, Look for Jesus, remember the gospel, and do it out of love for him. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you so much for this time, this this very quick study and rundown of how we can get ourselves into the Bible and how we can get scripture into us. And I pray, Lord, that you would uh, apply it to our hearts. Bring one thing that uh, that I've said here uh, to each of our minds that would help us this week. Just one. That's all we need is just one thing. And help us, Lord, because we want to know you. In Jesus' name.